and welcome back to another edition of the Slumber Party Podcast. I'm your co-host, Amanda Jusen. Today I'm here with Lisa Ramnarine. <laughs> <laughs> it's Lisa Ramnarine. But and Amanda Jusson. A Jusson. Um, before we actually start recording, we had a conversation about what like on Instagram. So okay. Shock to no one. Uh, there's someone who produces this podcast for me. Her name is Kate. She's been my virtual assistant since 2018. And she is like my right hand woman. Um, and she's amazing. So she takes these videos that we record for you. And she makes little shorts and then like a podcast promo for my social media. And all of them like I'm usually talking about something to sleep related and I'm like bah, 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 bah. and Lisa's is like just looking <laughs> no not just looking making <laughs> the most <laughs> morose facial expressions I've no, never realized not. how many little ticks I have like I'm always doing something with my lips it always like <laughs> I'm always catching I some just, sort of invisible butterflies and distracted by lighting I <laughs> I've never noticed that at all. Well, at all. But I do think it's funny. I do think it's funny because if you don't listen to the podcast, I mean, for sure I'm talking about sleep and I'm the person who is like the sleep consultant. So it makes sense that I'm often kind of like talking them more than you. But it's really, it's really funny because it does look to me, I hate that I look kind of like bah, 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 bah. like who would want to talk to me but I'm really not like that in real life right no but this conversation <laughs> and this podcast is about a very specific subject matter in which you're an expert and <laughs> I am you know I'm the voice of the people and so I feel <laughs> like <laughs> I have announced I am the voice of the people uh no but I'm just like the you know the sounding board and uh but that requires a lot of concentration from me. Mm -hmm. And apparently mm -hmm. when I concentrate, I can't help but look like a complete idiot. <laughs> I really do not think you look like an idiot. <laughs> I think we're the most critical of ourselves. I, I can't like... My lips like... I don't know what you're talking no, about, but that's in your head. It, I think that we think that... Pe I don't pay attention to that, like at all. I don't pay attention to that whatsoever. Um, anywho, I am on a social media hiatus at the, at this point of, um, of the recording. And it, what's interesting is I usually kind of post a question or two or like a question box on social media to be like, Hey, what do you want us to talk about today? And, um, I, I'm actually, so I'm on day Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, day four of no social media, no TikTok, no Instagram. And it's what are you funny doing with all that free time. A, a lot, a lot. I can't even, I mean, I'm going to have a debrief on, on how much goddamn time I've wasted scrolling because you yeah. get on there to do your own thing or I'll put something on for my business. And then all of a sudden I'm like, well, let's just check this out for a little bit. <laughs> Half an hour later, like my office is so clean. 
I have my beautiful diffuser going. I have all of my diplomas that I've framed and put up on the wall. I, I've like literally never been more productive in my whole life. Um, so what am I doing? A lot. <laughs> yeah. But I love it. I actually look at my, so if you are, um, listening to this, I'm putting my hand up to the camera and you're going to see my Apple watch tan mm -hmm. line. I have love removed it. my Apple watch. I'm, I'm really exhausted by social media. Like I am. Do you have the same feeling or is it just me? Cause I spend a lot of time on it. Yeah. I think for you, it ties with your work, right? So it, mm -hmm. it's inherently more uh, demanding. Like for me, it's just for fun, right? Mm -hmm. Like none of my work is actually on social media as much as I tried to create a baby's best sleep account. I just cannot. It's <laughs> overwhelming. Cannot keep up with well, it. Yeah. I, and I, I don't really have anything to, to contribute aside from being the voice of the people, apparently. Being the voice um, of the people. <laughs> Actually. So, yeah. I mean, for me, it's all fun. It's all like my, like I said, like it fluctuates. But right now I'm on a lot of like barbecue recipes, TikTok. And <laughs> I thought you were going to say um, Barbie TikTok, which I was going to say I'm also on Barbie TikTok because I cannot wait to see that movie. Yeah, it pops up here and there for sure. Uh, no, it's, um, it's a lot of uh, barbecue recipes and like summer drinks. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Remember when you posted that TikTok of um, you made like such a cute recipe video and you were like, can you look at this? Because Henrik hates this. And I looked at it. It was totally fine. And Henrik's like, oh, I'm so embarrassed. You were like, here's how to make this. It was totally fine and great. Yeah, and he was like, "Don't ever do that again." Yeah, yeah. That took but, everything out of me. <laughs> That's it for another six months. <laughs> um, but I have a, a a kind of like a burial ground of like all of these screenshots of previous uh, questions, and what I find is a common thread. I was looking through them this morning. Is this? you know, 12 to 24 month time of sleep training. And I find it to have its own sort of flavor and personality of co common issues and, and areas to think about. Uh, so I wanted to make a podcast to kind of talk about this age in general. And then I want to be talking about the two to four year old range, probably in our next episode, um, because it can be really easy to say, let's talk about toddlers and toddlers kind of gets lumped in from like your kid is walking, toddling around. That's a toddler. And then some folks might consider their three-year-old a toddler, but how we would respond to those babies is probably pretty different based on their age stage and development. Um, and I actually, I, th this is the trajectory of the experience that I have with my clients where I have, uh, I, a common intake time for clients is four months because they generally have a great sleeping baby. Everything's great. We have that big, uh, sleep regression, big developmental milestone. All of a sudden that great sleep is all crap again. And so we have a ton of clients at four to five months. Did you have a regression? Do you remember at four to five months? No, I, well, I'm not sure. Like, I think it was just like, it, it was pretty sa like smooth sailing for the most part mm -hmm. until I feel like that eight month 
the eight yeah. month point. I was just going to say, to, yeah, um, there was a lot. Like I was doing a lot of, I think, um, like for the days I needed to get out of the house, so I was doing a lot of walking and trying to get mm-hmm. out of the house. But I don't really remember. Um, I feel like having a major regression with her or okay. with the boys. I don't remember. I know eight it happens for sure. Like, intake time. Yeah. Yeah. The, the eight month one was, I feel like we, we tried to sail through the four month and then we were desperate. At it. <laughs> it's true. People will be like, Oh, I don't think that we really had a four month regression. We had something at eight. You, you did the sleep changed at four months. You just didn't notice it. Does it. Change. Yeah. But you, um, Basically, I, I help these people at four and five months or babies sleep like a dream. They have months and months and months of like awesome sleep. And then all of a sudden, their baby starts pushing back in areas where they, they didn't previously. And that is tough for parents because if your child just sleeps and all of a sudden they don't, and we're not talking like a couple months later, we're talking about maybe you know, eight months later, or even a full year later, folks immediate reaction is to like, Oh gosh, like this is awful. Let's put out that fire in any way that we can. So the tale as old as time for my clients and returning clients is they sleep train at a young age and then they, uh, come back. Um, and they come back at around like, you know, 12 or 18 months because something has gone on or like something has happened. There's been some pushback and, uh, the parents say, okay, I'm just going to sit with you tonight or just, I'm going to lay with you or just come lay in my bed for a minute. And again, disclaimer, there's nothing wrong with these things, but generally parents struggle with it because they don't want to do that. So this is, I'm talking to the parents who don't want to do that. Disclaimer, disclaimer. So then their, their child is in their bed and then they say, okay, that was just one night. They go to put their child back into their bed the next night. It's not happening. Big, 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 big protest. And the protest that they, they are seeing is like 10 out of 10 out of 10. Um, it's very, very different from the level of protest you would see from a baby. Would you agree with that, Lisa? Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Especially when they're able to come out of the bed and all of that, that, that I feel like that was the hardest time for us. Yes. Like, Same. like I, I, now that I'm thinking about it, I, there was definitely, I remember even having that conversation in my own head being like, Amanda always says it's not a regression. It's actually a progression. You know, it's like, they're mm-hmm. just learning a new skill. And I do clearly remember thinking about that. I think I was listening to a lot of your podcasts, <laughs> um, like, the previous um yeah. like around the four months that sh- that my latest my youngest was and um and you had that thought where it's like it's actually a progression and they're just learning new skills and I remember really like hanging on to that um but my life. youngest yeah <laughs> my youngest was just like it really is like the one percenter for sleep you know and she was just like she was pretty easy and the nighttime sleep was always very easy it was it was the naps that were really really yeah. tough and I felt like yeah. that was definitely once we got that I felt like my whole life changed and it mm-hmm. it, it didn't feel like that it truly did change like yeah. there was two and a half hour to three hour stretches during the day that I could just very easily leave and my husband would be like working and no problem she would be sleeping yeah 
So that was our big thing. But but nighttime sleep, thankfully, was always pretty great with her. Until she turned into a toddler. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. There was like nights where it was like every two hours, she'd just scream out for us, you know, like, and Mm -hmm. we would have to come down. Like I mentioned before, we're in the attic and the kids are on the second floor. So I'd have to come down the stairs and, you know, and it was so bad. Mm -hmm. It was so bad for like at least... Probably, I would say, like, six to eight months. Totally. Yeah. And I think, well, and that's, I I think the big thing, too, that, like, they turn to toddlerhood, they're, um, they have really big feelings about everything, Mm -hmm. about the food that they eat, about the color of their shoes, about, like, random things. Do you remember, I'm, I'm realizing how old I am, but, um, there was a Tumblr account, or it called "Reasons Why My Ch- Child Is Crying." Yes, do you yeah, remember yes, that? Yes, yes. And yes. it was so funny. It was like because Buzz Lightyear's knee is bent, <laughs> <laughs> and I just like have yeah. never identified with anything so hard. Yeah. Um, but that's exactly what's happening to your child. Okay, so like you know they don't know what's going on but they have a ton of really big feelings all of a sudden Mm -hmm. and you talked about naps when you were talking about that this is generally when people get into trouble because when they have those long and luxurious two three hour naps during the day that is usually the time where a parent gets a break mentally possibly physically they want to do a couple errands around the house like they want to do these things and then their nap is gone and so what do they do well I'm just going to sit with the baby until they fall asleep and then I get my break. But then we get into that situation where we've reintroduced that help to sleep and help to sleep is anything that requires your baby to get to drowsy. We talked about that last week on our podcast where we talked about the three common sleep training mistakes or pitfalls, I should say. So uh, we do all of that um, and then we're kind of back at square one. And then, okay, so Then the parent says, all right, enough is enough. I am resolute. Tonight's the night. We're done with this. We're not doing it. So the parent says, I'm not going to do this. And then their children come back with a fury and fire so strong, it burns the parent's hair off. (laughs) It's a bad analogy, but this is why people are afraid because all of a sudden we're seeing huge, huge, huge protests where we didn't see huge protests. The parents panic, they kind of freak out and then they stop doing the sleep training. Or we start to tell ourselves stories about what that big protest means. Does that resonate? You're like, you're nodding. Yes. I'm, I'm back in that space and it was not a great time. <laughs> You're like, no, I'm triggered. That's what this yeah. is. Yeah. Well, and the, I all think those kind of times for us happened during the, the pandemic. So mm-hmm. it was, it was like, oh, there, she's finally in bed, you know? And then it's like, no, she actually isn't. And it's, oh, it's funny yeah. you talk about the pandemic because when the pandemic 
hit and we were all locked down, I was like, oh my gosh, like, are people still going to use sleep consultants? Like, how is this going to work? And it turned out to be the absolute most wild time that we've ever had because all of these toddlers were forced out of daycares, back in a home. Parents needed underlined these breaks during the day because they were working from home and all of these toddlers push back. Like I've never had more toddlers in my practice ever than post pandemic. So yes, that's a hundred percent aligned, but I think, so we have this huge protest and then parents start to say and tell themselves something is wrong. I am you know, this is traumatic. They're traumatized. They're so upset. There's no way I could possibly do this. They're screaming. Or on the other side of that, they'll say, okay, I'm going to do this for 30 minutes. And if at 30 minutes, they're not asleep, then this isn't working. But I want to remind parents that this protest, no matter what, you know, when I'm on a discovery call with a client, I've warned them this will be short, but the first maybe one to two days will be loud and angry. Your child is not going to want to do this work. Um, They are going to be mad because there are certain behaviors that they are used to, Um, but then they're going to get it and it's going to be no problem. And what's really tough is that a lot of parents don't ever have the fortitude to get to the other side. Now, I'm not saying, you know, if if crying is really impacting your ability or your, your child's protesting crying and big temper tantrums regarding sleep are impacting your ability to do sleep training, I would probably say let's push pause until we can figure out what's triggering you about that. And generally for most of my clients, when they kind of talk to me about it, it's because they have feelings about their own childhood, about how they were parented, how they never want their children to feel abandoned. They always use this word, abandoned. Um, But I want us to have sort of a different approach to what that is. So I I had a client recently who very similar um, kind of experience to what I'm describing. And uh, they were a previous client. They just called for a refresher call. And when I emailed them to follow up. They're like, look, we just can't get through the crying. We're not able, is there another way to do this without crying? And the answer is no, or or I'm a liar. Even if you are to do, so if we want to talk about um, some other gentle strategies, um, strategies that have worked for some toddlers in the past, or maybe like a sitting beside the, the bed strategy where we kind of move ourselves out. But that is really, really hard for children not in a bed, I will say, or sorry, not in a crib. They will have zero impulse control. And if you were sitting next to them, they're going to be hopping out of the bed. They're going to be on your body. Um, it always, always uh, ends with the child touching or holding onto the parent, which again is sweet, but is the behavior that the child will be looking for, for the remainder of the night. Okay. Mm-hmm. So there's that, um, if your child is in a crib, hopefully they are between 12 and 24 months, you can do something where you're sitting in the room and move yourself out slowly. But Parents are looking for that because they think it's going to reduce the protest when it might not. So on day 10, when I get you out of the room, the child is going to protest on day 10. 
So what we've all, all we've done is we've delayed that 10 days. And for me to say, yes, let's do this method. And that big temper tantrum won't happen. Maybe it might not happen, but it it is likely to happen. And so if I took sleep out of this and I talked about your child rejecting the car seat and I have a TikTok video on car seat confidence, where I talk about your child is going to have the same reaction one day to getting in their car seat or getting in their stroller and you are going to carry on. And this is something where you can do the same. You can go in, you can check, you can pat, you can talk to them, you can let them know what's going on. All you are doing is offering an independent sleep scenario. That's it. Mm -hmm. You are not asking them to like walk on coals or do something bad for them. You're not abandoning them. This is all very intentional. So I, I, I don't want to feed you, um, I guess like uh, things that aren't likely going to happen. Uh, you know, my kids still freak out about many things that I think that they shouldn't freak out about. And then I have to get back to, is this safe and healthy for them? Is this safe and healthy for the family? Is what I'm asking them to do an appropriate request for the whole family? If the answer is yes, I carry on. And there are lots of things like that, that will come up for you, by the way, just take sleep out of it. I talked about car seats, food, you know, I don't want this food. I want something else. You know, that one night I suggest offering what you offer and not making an alternative meal because what's Mm -hmm. going to happen. My, we teach that child, my protest leads to something different. This is, you know, we can get into the weeds about pathologizing and psychologizing our children about like what their behaviors mean, but it really does come down to Uh, like operative conditioning. You do this and I do this. That's, Mm -hmm. you know, when I do this, I'm expecting this behavior after. When I have a big protest at bedtime, you come and sit with me. You know, it's not, now I know that you're going to go on another account today and read something where someone's like, they are legitimately protesting because they need you and they need that loving support. They still have you. You haven't gone anywhere. You aren't, you know, this idea that we, we disconnect emotionally when we are not physically assisting our children to sleep is Mm -hmm. but new news. Yeah, it's it's totally bonkers. And I mean, like when they say it, it's sometimes I'm like, well, like, yeah, like, you know, that does make sense. Like this poor baby is crying, but, but it's like in reality, when you really think about the way that sleep training is done, it's like whatever version that they're describing it is like the most extreme. It's like, I don't even know who teaches those kind of strategies anyways. Like nobody I really deal like or have heard of has, or anything I've read, like I, I mentioned this many times that my husband was the one to take over sleep training for the first two kids. And, and nothing that he ever presented me with even before you did this work, right. Was ever like that. So I have no idea what, where that comes from. But to circle back to car seats, confidence is um, my daughter, even though we bought the absolute best car seat on the market, infant car seat, 
she like a massager i'm sure (laughs) (laughs) it might as well have i I mean when i describe to you the amount of distress that she felt any time she was in her car seat i don't know if I have no idea why we tried, we figured it like we tried, we made sure that nothing is pinching her or hurting her or whatever for full three months. And I had to drive my kids to school every single day. I remember that. Every time we, oh my gosh, it was the most stressful time mm-hmm. uh, of, of postpartum for me um, because she was such an easy baby every other time, but getting into the car. It was absolutely horrible. Everybody was stressed by it. My sons were upset by this. Like, but we had to go to school and she had to go in the car seat and she had to come with us because my husband was commuting to Toronto. So it was, um, it was exactly what you're saying. I mean, and in that case, I still had to do all of those things. And I was leaving her to cry in the, in the seat for, you know, 20 minutes there, 20 minutes back. And it was extremely stressful. So I do understand that rush of, you know, hormones that you feel when your baby's screaming and you just need to reach out to them. Um, but I never, ever, ever found anything close to that when they, when I was sleep training in any, with any method. <laughs> well, and I, just, but I will say there are some kids who I think what this is it. It's like, it's not about the method. This is what I tell people all the time. You can do a million different things. And this is why, what I love. I mean, my favorite, like, uh, like I, I smirk is like all of these, like non sleep training, we don't sleeping without sleep training, no crying. And then you like dig into their stuff. There's like, there's no way you can do anything without crying. I'm like, yeah, no shit. But People aren't usually prepared for the blowback that some kids give. And there Mm -hmm. are kids like, and this might not have happened with you um, regarding sleep, but some parents are really triggered by the blowback that they get. And sometimes the reaction is really intense and it is really high and they are screaming and some babies will lose their voice. Some babies will, you know, stand up you know, for a long time, not going back down. That's a really common one. If they do stand, I would go back in during a check, put them back down, especially if you've had a co-sleeper, by the way, some kiddos don't understand that they need to lay down to fall asleep. They they've never done that. So you have to like put them down. This is how you sleep. And then they pop right back up again. I know it's so cute, but they might have that big reaction, but they have your car seat is such a great example. There's no way to avoid that. This is a loving, safe, healthy gesture. You're Mm -hmm. not putting them on coals. You're not spiking them with things like it's just, you're, I mean, I think just what I mean to say is like, I'm driving for 20 minutes and there's not really a good place to stop. Like if you know Hamilton (laughs) driving through McMaster, like there's just really no great place to stop on the way to our school. So it's like she was legitimately for 20 minutes straight would just scream, would just Mm -hmm. scream. And again, I never experienced that with sleep training because there was never 20 minutes that go by that you don't come in, you know, so it's, it, 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 it is 
more intense i feel like with the yes. car situation because it's like no they're strapped in and you're yes. on a highway or wherever it is you are you know <laughs> so. but lisa that sleeping i've said this before if you're talking to anti-sleep training folks crying in a car seat is very different than crying in a crib it is <laughs> i guess i guess when your baby cries in the crib that's okay uh, or sorry, in a car seat, okay. Crib, absolutely not. Right. You know, and that, that makes, makes total sense. sense. Totally. Yep, that's right. Anyway, we are cases. being sarcastic. But <laughs> I, I, I guess like, you know, when I get my messages, so what inspired this is I was talking about this like bank of old messages that I have. I get these messages about like my 18-month-old is suddenly refusing naps. My 12-month-old doesn't want to sleep. Now I have to do this. But it, it is hysterical. They use these words. Is apoplectic. Yeah, that makes sense. I highly suggest in addition to listening to this podcast, have a listen to Janet Lansbury's podcast regarding toddler behavior big emotions. I would also read her book, um, No Bad Kids, uh, An Approach to Toddler Discipline. Anything written by Janet Lansbury, I think really normalizes um, normal toddler behavior. And she is, she specifically like focuses and highlights toddlers um, because those big feelings and reactions about everything, sleep, eating, any boundary um, are usually intense. And this is where sleep goes from a, uh, like a behavioral thing to a parenting thing where you mm -hmm. are now going to have to set boundaries around this. And that shit is hard. Mm -hmm. And that's that. Totes. On that note, any final thoughts or words so we can use this clip in... <laughs> in the social media thing of you talking <laughs> <laughs> well put me on the spot no uh i mean like don't have a toddler in the pandemic <laughs> okay and there you have it folks i mean <laughs> super useful tips from lisa <laughs> <laughs> just a heads up real quick next pandemic you keep it together <laughs> um no, I don't know. My my thoughts are not concise. I just, uh, like I said, I just think that you navigating everything through and not having extremes, you know, like everything just with love and, and the approach. And my best advice for any phase of anybody's life and any, like doesn't have to do with children, is use a professional. Like mm. the, know, the people who know stuff in their field, mm. subject matter experts, in everything decorating cooking i always right. ask people who do it for a living yes that's a really good piece of advice yeah yes i really i was i'm thinking about like yeah that's really good <laughs> finances like yes. you know relationship advice like go to therapist you know like um, so decorating i don't know what i'm doing i know what i like but i don't know you know and ask even if you can't hire somebody Ask somebody who does that for a living, you know, just totally. have a chat with them and make them over yes. for a coffee, whatever it is. I love experts. Buy them flowers. <laughs> yes. 
Well, thank you for t- tuning in. As always, you can find out more tips at babiesbestsleep.com slash blog on Instagram and TikTok at babiesbestsleep. We have a ton of videos. Uh, we have pre-scheduled videos for the next two months. So there's lots of content there. You won't, you won't be sorry. Um, and uh, yeah, listen to this podcast, I guess. Have a good one, everyone. See you later. And if you need that professional, babiesbestsleep.com, we have a team of consultants that we'd love to assist with all of your sleep drama. Bye. Bye. Bye.